worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 48 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. Man, we are so close to 50 on Friday. It is going to be 50, and dude, we're going to have a huge freaking party for that one, so I'm really fired up. But today, right in front of us, staring us down the barrel of a loaded gun, the trend of training. Dude, I can't lie. I'm liking what I'm seeing. A year ago, my Instagram feed looked a lot different than it did now. I see a lot better training. I see much more intentful training. And I see training being done the way it's intended to be done for bodybuilders or for people who just want to improve their physique. So I'm proud of you guys. And inside, we're going to talk about why this is so important. We're going to talk about how you become an elite bodybuilder through training. Man, you guys know the exercise physiologist in me just fucking loves this shit. So episode 48, it's about to go down. Brought to you by Revive Supplements. Brought to you by Raw Supplements. We'll see you inside. What is happening, you guys? Happy Tuesday. If I've never spoken to you on Tuesday before because you only listen on launch days, hello, welcome. You already know where you're at, but I'm really fucking excited that we're going to four days a week. And I'm excited you guys are fucking fired up for this too. Um, it's exciting, man. It's really, really, really fucking exciting. Um, you know, Scott and I have said it many times before. We just appreciate y'all allowing us to have this platform and to be able to chat with you guys. Uh today, um, this topic just kind of came to me. Um, I was like scrolling through my Instagram feed. Um, and I guess I noticed passively that there was like, there's a big difference in the, the content that I'm seeing today Mm -hmm. versus what I saw maybe even just a year ago. Okay. And maybe I'm an extreme narcissist, but I would like to think that I have had something to do with this. Yeah. A very small amount. Sure. Very, very small amount. Sure, sure, sure. But the bigger item is I think people are starting to just have their eyes opened, period, towards what being a bodybuilder actually is and what making real physique uh, and performance progress actually entails. It kind of feels like bodybuilding is becoming more. We're watching it go into the mainstream. Yeah. And and bodybuilding is becoming more bodybuilding. I think for a few years, we kind of got away from bodybuilding being bodybuilding because, um, you know, so much, so much research was coming out about dieting and cardio and managing mm-hmm. stress and hormonal functions and all that stuff. And I think we got, um, you know, not that all these things aren't imperatively important because they're, they're, they're all paramount here. Like that's all part of the nature of the beast that is bodybuilding, but bodybuilding down to its core is building a, you know, larger than life physique or if we're talking you know the smaller divisions like bikini men's physique it's building a a physique that truly stands out in the crowd okay yeah. um 
And there's only one way to do that. The only way to do that is by training real fucking hard. You know, you can nail your diet perfect, your cardio perfect, everything. But if you're not training really hard, you're not getting better. And we see this often. We Mm -hmm. see this extremely often with, you know, a lot of teams that don't really put training at the forefront. Like, man, there's never any change. Yeah. Where a lot of people just compete year round, but never improve. So I was scrolling through my Twitter feed. I'm like, damn, dude, like. I'm watching these training videos of people going fucking hard, man. Mm-hmm. Like people are really taking their sets. They're gassing themselves. They're taking it there's to much exhaustion. More it, there's a ton of intent behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, man, y'all starting to train like bodybuilders. And maybe it's just my feet because my feet has definitely progressed over the past year towards, you know, much more centric around bodybuilding performance, improvement, uh, physique improvement, all of those items. So I hope it's not just my feed. Um, I, don't think, I don't think it is because I, I've noticed that the uh, like six to 12 months ago, even yeah. the influencer workout videos that you yeah. saw that people were doing that were yeah. like kind of bullshit yeah. just ripped off from Google. Absolutely. Kind of have fallen on the wayside. It yeah. seems. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of a thing of the past. Yeah. And, you know, that can be good or bad. You know, a lot of people gather a lot of value from that. A lot of beginners gather a lot of value from that. Sure, But the downside of it is beginners now think you need to do a different workout every single day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's not, that's not factual. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you should be sticking to one workout regimen for, I mean, you know, most of my uh, training cycles last anywhere from eight to 12 weeks. And I constantly progress in that eight to 12 weeks. Um, Like, like nothing, like, like there's never a single training session that I do that wasn't better than the previous one in terms of load moved over the course of the session. Yeah. I was like going to say it's possible. It's, it's part of like the marks you have for yourself. Right? Yeah. Did you lift a hundred pounds? You bench a hundred pounds today. Well, next yep. week you better bench 105. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, and it, it's just that constant progression. Like, it, I mean, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. This is why, you know, keeping a log book and logging your list and knowing what you lift. This is why it's so important because we do want to always see that load improving as long as, you know, the intent is proper and, and, and the control over the load is very proper, but I'm, dude, I'm, I'm really fired up because man, I'm just seeing some people train really fucking hard. And, you know, it seems like a year ago, people were trying to be too scientific with their approach to training Sure, and understand there is no science of getting down in the motherfucking trenches. Mm-hmm. There's no science of losing a motherfucking show because you had you had variables that you could have controlled that you did not control. Mm-hmm. There's no science behind getting outworked. Well, I think the science era, uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of people who are science, quote unquote, science based, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but I think the science here came with like, oh, well, now we need proof. We need proof. Exactly. That's what people were asking for, proof. Exactly. But it, it, I don't think it was understood that that proof was skewed mm-hmm. based on the individuals in the study. And, you know, anytime we talk about this for anytime I see someone who's like proclaiming, oh, I'm science-based, I'm science-based, I'm science-based. Man, I just kind of sit back and think like. Why are you tooting that horn? So that, that's yeah. not really a good horn that I would want to toot in terms of bodybuilding because there's not a lot of science about bodybuilding physique and performance improvement yeah. that relates to someone who's super physiologically grown. And are you saying you're science based because you read a physiology book? Yeah. Does that like qualify you to be science based? The issue I don't know. is I've never seen someone talking about science based, science based, science based understands physiology. The people who understand mm-hmm. physiology are just cranking out fucking results. Yeah. And the people who don't really understand physiology 
physiology, but maybe they understand dietetics or maybe, uh, you know, they, they, they understand biomechanics or something like that. They're not getting the same results. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's not even close. Um, and you know, so there's a, there's beauty behind being science backed. Everything we do is backed by science. Everything we do, you can point to science, Mm -hmm. you know, recently with training too, there's been two, you know, pretty big and decently done studies that show, Oh, you know, hypertrophy is actually a byproduct of effort. Mm. Hypertrophy is not really a a byproduct of, you know, reps and reserve or uh, volume Mm -hmm. or no, Mm -hmm. like effort is what matters. Like intraset effort. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not here to like shit on reps and reserve, like say, you know, that's wrong. If your coach has you doing that, because look, reps and reserve is trying to, um, it's trying to achieve, the same goal that you know taking a set all the way is it's just coming at it from a different angle and the different angle is much more beginner and intermediate focused Mm -hmm. if you're a beginner and intermediate you probably should be leaving some reps in reserve the item here is to be able to train with reps in reserve we have to understand what the failure point is because if you don't know what your failure point is how do we leave two reps in reserve the issue with this is your failure point and learning how to train and take a real set to failure mm-hmm. is a constant artwork that has to be perfected you can't just go into the gym say i'm going to take this set to failure and this is now my benchmark for reps and reserve training or how most people program reps and reserve like training is they'll literally have you take one set to failure mm. what is what that means nothing because taking a set to actual mechanical failure. Like I said, that's, that's art. This is something that, I mean, you have to, that that's like the, you know, the NBA season about to start back up mm-hmm. and um, you know, Avery Bradley is not playing for the Lakers. He's a really good player. He's not really an all-star. Okay. It's really vital piece of it. Sure. It's just like LeBron, like pulling me in like, Hey dude, just go get some stops on defense and make a couple threes. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. It's it's yeah. the exact same thing. You know, sure. I'm okay. not able to do that because yeah. I don't practice that daily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it you can't just go in and be like, all right, I'm gonna take the set to failure. Yeah. When let me you know what let me go and script a little bit here. Let's talk about what a set to failure is. Uh, I was gonna say because watching Joe, we referenced Joe yeah. in yesterday's podcast. Yeah. Watching Joe take those bands and the yeah. squatting and his body shaking. Yeah. And like trembling. Yeah. I mean, I've seen yours do it. I've seen it. That yeah. to me is like, you have to get, that's hard to get that's, to. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the setup, the actual execution, then the after effect of, of a set to failure. Okay. And through this, you're going to realize, Oh, Oh, this is why you can't just walk in and take a set to failure. Cause mm-hmm. I, I think there might be some people here. Maybe don't train that way that it's like, what, why can't I just walk in and take a set to failure? So I want to lay it out for you. Yeah. Um, we'll use today as an example. Yeah, so sure. today, um, we were doing the hack squat. I had seven plates per size, so 14 plates total. So I'm not, I'm not just going like, to get under that and start lifting. There's a lot of mental preparation that goes into this. This is when I put my music on, I put my belt on and I start pacing, finding, you know, finding that deep rooted place where I want to be when I perform this set and finding that really, um, you know, kind of pretty uncomfortable, slightly painful, but extremely euphoric place to be in my mind first Mm -hmm. and foremost, because to be able to take a set where I want you to take a set, 
that you, you can't really be happy <laughs> during the set. Sure. You, you, you have to be incredibly aggressive. The aggression and the anger has to be incredibly channeled and you have to be so focused and, 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 and dialed in. So start listening to my music. You know, I'm staring at the axle. I'm staring at the way I'm getting mentally prepared. I, I walk myself through what I'm going to see and the exact setup and exactly what I'm going to feel before I go into this set. I get myself very mentally prepared for whatever pain comes my way. And I get myself mentally prepared for understanding, you know, you're hack squatting 14 plates right now. You're going to take this set till death. You know, you, you have to accept the fact that, you know, there's a chance with the amount of strength that, that, you know, I have worked myself into that, you know, you might get injured here. And you have to be able to accept that as well. And we think about that and I kind of work through it. So there's a huge element of fear going into this. And if you don't understand how to embrace and channel that fear, which the fear changes daily and the fear changes based on the exercise, you, you cannot perform a set to failure if you're not feeling fear before you go into it. It's not possible. It's not mm -hmm. plausible. It's not something that exists. You should be extremely terrified of the work that you are about to do and the place you're about to push your body to. So I get set up, I get my feet right. I get locked in and I take, I, I unload the weight and you, you just start cranking and you sort of black out and you just go and you take it and you take it and you get more and you find more and you dig deeper and you keep fucking going. And it hurts really, 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 really so fucking bad, dude. It just hurts. And your legs are shaking, your body's shaking, everything, your stars. It's you don't feel very good in this place. But training to feel failure, it doesn't have emotions. See, Training to failure isn't an abstract. It's a concrete data point that we have. And what happens within a concrete data point is the stopping place doesn't have anything to do with your mind. At this point, it's all physical. Because the only cue that you're looking for mentally is when can I no longer contract the muscle fiber against that load any further. And you get to a place where during the set, you're able to tap out of the pain and you kind of overcome the mountain of fear. And the only thing you're now finding is what's the next rep that I can, that I will fail on. What's the next rep that I will not be able to contract against the load any further to take this set any further than where it is right now. One, there's a risk reward here. If you're 100% sure that you go down here and you will not come up, then it is not always smart to go take that. You have to pick and choose your battles of when you go down there and you try to defeat one more. If it happens during the actual rep and you start failing during the actual rep, it's about communication with your spotters. And, and if you don't have spotters, it's honestly about the adrenaline of, well, if I don't stand up, I'm going to be hurt really fucking bad after this. Do you see when, why, see when why you, you can't just have like when you, you don't just have, walk in the gym and do this when like, you don't have a spotter yeah do you leave one no never never so you're gonna that adrenaline always kicks in so i you, always just start thinking about mr usa so, about yeah. <laughs> so you set up the machine in a way that like if you when you do fail there's a safety net but usually also when i don't have a spotter i'm not going to do anything that'll pin me 
Okay, fair. Like the dumbbells I can get yeah. out from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking of like a squat, like yeah. a barbell squat. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you could set squat, those, those Yeah, safeties. I would just drop it. Yeah. Because I I never have a spotter anymore on my barbell squats because mm-hmm. I kind of want, want I want it to be non-negotiable. You want the challenge? That like, like I go down for to. that last rep and I That's I why I up. typically don't ask for a spot on bench. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice like have that overcoming yep. challenge. Yep. So like, like this is a whole process that every single day that changed and every single day, it, you know, it varies. Sometimes the places that you go aren't as deep or are deeper than where you go prior. You know, you finish the set and you're incredibly lightheaded. You're, you know, you're seeing stars, you're, you know, gasping for oxygen, your hands and knees. Um, you know, if you walk out of a set and like you're fine, I mean, that's like six reps in reserve. And oftentimes when a video does, you know, come across my feed as someone who I do know trains this way, they just like finished the set Mm -hmm. and there was nothing, nowhere close to any sort of muscular failure. Let's understand something. Muscle grows from number one. We have to be able to stimulate it properly. If you can't stimulate the muscle, doesn't matter what load you apply. It's not being applied to the target. Number two, we have to load it heavy enough. So that's why you want to train heavy. Like training with way too light of weight is just not conducive. That's not going to change or force an adaptation in a muscle. We have to add an adaptive effort by taking that muscle to exhaustion. We know that this is how muscle grows. Like this isn't really... This isn't honestly, it's not really rocket science. It's not really hidden, but I think people don't understand how to interpret data. Mm-hmm. And that's a big issue, you know, the, that we're having right now also. Um, but I, like I said, I do think the issue is dying out a little bit now is people just don't understand what the data actually means. Yeah. Okay. And who the data actually applies to. And I, I feel like this is when you understand and you go, okay. Yeah, I, I, I am an advanced lifter. Exactly. I am an advanced trainer. And, and when you have advanced goals, like if your goal is to step on stage and, you know, get top 10 at a state show in bikini, mm-hmm. I would recommend, you know, train, you know, leave some in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, like you don't need to kill yourself in sure, the gym sure, if sure, like sure, your goal is sure. just stepping on stage. Yeah. But like if your goal is fucking winning, if your goal is like being an overall champion, if your goal is like get on national qualifying you know, stage. Yeah, like the 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 absolute best way to train backed by physiology. Now, backed by new research we have. But way more importantly than the research, backed by 50 fucking years of people doing it is by taking sets all the way. Cuz remember, let me run through it again. Muscle grows from simulating properly, loading heavy enough, and adding an adaptive effort by training to exhaustion. Nowhere in there did I say volume. Nowhere in there did I say rest periods. Nowhere in there did I say not eliciting adaptation because you're training too fucking soft. If you go to the gym, you're you're doing 20 set workouts. You're not you're not training. If you're more concerned about your rest periods and starting your rest period timer on your phone than you are just getting in, getting under the motherfucking bar and taking that bitch all the way until you can anymore, you're not training. A lot of people think that like doing more gets you more and like doing more gets you further. 
But in reality, you know, I did seven total sets on legs today, and that took me a little bit over an hour and a half to get done. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the rest periods are so long when you're truly training. Yeah. Like, dude, if you're taking two, three minute rest periods between sets, you're not training. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Like, two or three minutes, I finally was able to stand up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm the pinnacle of training. My sure. clients do this too. You, you need to, your rest periods are when, the breathing finally slows down. The heart rate slows down a little bit. You're able to grab some water. You're able to refocus, redial in for the next set and mentally prepare to give the next set 100% all out effort. A rest period isn't all right. Good. You know, go in three minutes when in three minutes, your heart rate's still extremely elevated. You're still breathing a little bit heavy and you're not able to give 100% into the next set because you haven't recovered fully. During a rest period, you want to kind of rehydrate, want to allow ATP to turn over, want to be able to have more energy at our disposal for that next set. Is there anything to be said about the training style of, you know, um, let's say you're doing bench and you got, you know, your 30 second or your 60 second hard cut rest periods. Yeah. Um, and you jump right back into it where you're still a little, you know, a little pumped up, yeah, a little fatigued. Obviously, yeah. you might have to go down a weight. Maybe you're at the same weight. Maybe you're not going up and progressing in that set in that specific set period. Yeah. Is that a I mean, because I know a lot of this, what you're talking about is in context of like ultra bodybuilding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is there something to be said about that kind of training style in in this regard? Yeah, absolutely. But I hate it with compound movements. Okay. You know, with compound movements, they're far too taxing. They take far too much for the nervous system to be able to bounce back from. Yeah. Let alone, you know, our, our skeletal muscles, uh, our, um, our uh, skeletal muscle system. Like we, we, we need to be able to completely reboot mm-hmm. and we need to be able to, you know, fire at all cylinders. So, you know, I don't really use intensifiers in my training. It's all kind of straight sets. Yeah. Um, but with smaller body parts, like the other day with biceps and my medial delts, um, I did a prolonged drop set. Yeah. So essentially David and I were like partnering up on it. I hit a set till death. He hit a set till death. I dropped down one plate. So I had rest during mm-hmm. his set. Mm-hmm. So I was able to catch my breathing a little bit. Hurry, come down a little bit. Another one. Mm-hmm. Then he did another one. I drop it down again. Another one, another one, another one, another one. We did like five sets of that, mm-hmm. um, which I like that a lot more than a standard drop set. But obviously the rest time there is condensed. Mm-hmm. I would only do that on really small muscle groups. And we were at the end of our training session where like they're just like the focus was slipping. Yeah. You exhausted all of your energy in yeah. the, it, when you were supposed to in the exactly. compound in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we had done uh, we had done three compounds before compounds by then we had done. Dumbbell row, underhand barbell row, a um, about shoulder width lat pull down, and then a uh, assisted pull up. And like like you know we were taxed. Yeah, I think we yeah. were like we were like six or seven sets deep mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, so you know then we did that and we did the exact same thing with the medial delts. Um, so like that's the only place I really like that much. I don't use many intensifiers because on the back end of the intensifier, you are consciously thinking about fuck, you know. Uh, after this and after this weight, I have to drop the weight again and keep going. And it, it, it's like human nature. It's not dissimilar from the whole fasted versus post-workout cardio. 
Like, what if we can just keep our conscious completely clear where the only thing we have to focus on is this, the here, the right now, what we are doing, what we mm-hmm. are executing and, and how far I can take this set. Yeah. Like it's going to be much more conducive long term. So we need to understand that like work is a sliding scale. If you go into the session, you know, I program this for my clients, but I'd say I make it very clear with all my clients. You know, we might go in and you have one top set, one back down set on barbell rows. Okay. So what if I do this top set so fucking hard that a back down set is just not going to be conducive? Guess what? Don't do the fucking back down set. Mm. You took that top set so fucking far that the risk reward on the next one, or I guess that U curve um, of, of feedback for the next one is not going to be in your favor. So we go back a little bit. If you don't understand what the U curve theory is. So the U curve theory is literally just a U and on the top of the U the top left of the U it's too easy. It's just too little. It's not enough right in the middle at the peak of the U at the bottom. That's where it's just right. That's where it's perfect. Then on the other end of you, you have the exact opposite. It's too little or not enough. It's too much. So everything, not dissimilar from the IGTV I posted the other day, everything has a time and a place. Everything has a prescription that's just right. A prescription is too much. A prescription is too little. So if we walk into the gym and it's like, oh man, you know, I got four sets of back squats today. And then I have, you know, three sets of RDLs and which that's seven sets of a lot of back tension. I would never want you to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, like you go in and it's like, I have 16 sets that I have to complete today. Well, that mentality fucking sucks. You're already setting yourself up for, for failure in your mind. Cause you're saving yourself for the last, you absolutely are. Yeah. Sure. And that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, quite frank, that's dumb. That's not an optimal way to train. Understand training is a constant biofeedback. What you do today is different than what you do tomorrow. What you do tomorrow should be much better than what it is last week, but it should be far behind what you're going to do next week. But we have to constantly keep understanding that U curve, what's best for you, what's just enough for you. We need to keep that friendly towards us. We need to keep pushing towards what matters the most. What matters the most as a competitor, as someone who's not a competitor, but just wants better performance physique is obtaining better performance and physique by doing the fucking work that it takes to get there. We are focused so much on how much work can I do? More work is better work. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. What if you go in and you're like, these are the exercises that I have to do because I know that these exercises are number one, conducive towards bringing up weak points, all my physique, and number two, exercises that I contract very, very, very well with, and number three, exercises that I should be able to overload the, the, the load compared to what I did last week with. So I know I'm going to do these four exercises. I'm not sure how many sets of each I'm going to do. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm going to, you know, every, after every single set, I'm going to assess my performance on the last set. And I'm going to assess what I think I can do on the next set. And if that next set is still on the conducive side of that U curve, then let's attack it. Let's get after it. But oftentimes I'm seeing that next set is on the not conducive side of that U curve. Or should I used to see that now the basis of this podcast is me giving you guys props for like training fucking better. But now I'm, I'm not seeing that as much anymore. I think people are taking 
what they're able to get because it, it really isn't rocket science. It is physio, uh, physiological science, but it's not rocket science. We have to train better. We have to train smarter and it's okay to break the program. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that as a coach, it's okay to break the program. If I have something listed that you need more or less of for that, you curve to be in your favor, do it, do what you have to do. But I think you know, something that really got me discouraged was seeing, um, you know, the, it's wild to me. There's like certain coaches just don't put an emphasis on training, mm-hmm. on assessing training videos. So what do they put right. an emphasis on? Literally just dieting. Really? Like just dieting and cardio and like sending out generic training programs and like all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And it, it, it hopes that somebody trains hard enough. It's it's well, yeah, it's 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 sad because these people also commonly allow folks to compete, you know, more often than they should. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, they kind of take everyone on um, like these are characteristics I've noticed with these coaches. Everyone becomes a client. Yeah. If you reach out, you become you a never client. say no. And then everyone also, you know, has their own pricing. Yeah. You know, some people got this pricing while other people got that pricing and all that stuff. Um, and to me, you know, it's bothersome just because as a coach, you know, we're supposed to guide people to their best physique performance and health. So why would you not want to do that? Why would you not want to be so heavily involved in training? Why would you not want to educate yourself on training? We need and we have and we continue to crave more of this industry of just more focus on taking sets as far as you possibly can with proper intent. You want to be an elite competitor? That's what you need to do. It sounds like it's as basic as, you know, you check out your logbook. Yeah. When you walk in the gym. Yeah. It's chest. It's push day. Yeah. And you're like, man, I did. 285 on bench for five. Yeah. I better get 285 on bench for seven. Yeah. Or I better get 295 on bench for exactly. Four. Exactly. One or the other. That's exactly what we it, want. It's like the base. It's as basic as that. 100%. And we can't lose sight of um, the, the, the biggest item is we can't lose sight of, of the effort because some days we'll go into the gym and like it happened to me mm-hmm. uh, not long ago. Somebody should go in the gym and do that heavier weight. just not there mm-hmm. or the same weight mm-hmm. for the same reps just isn't there. Yeah. So what do we do when this arises? Well, we have to make sure the effort is still there because your body is still in real time applying to the stimulus that you are placing upon it. So we just back off a little bit. Maybe we don't have any top sets that day. Maybe it's all working sets. When that happened to me, it was all working sets. When it happened to me, I was really frustrated because I, like, I am a nut with my biofeedback. I assess my resting heart rate, the blood pressure, the blood glucose, uh, my sleep, my stress levels. Um, I make sure that I nail my recovery. And that day just wasn't there. But we still can't lose sight of effort. We can't really, like, we don't really have time to get discouraged. So every single session in the gym, if your effort was greater than it was last week. Or you are more intentional with your time at the gym than you were last week. These are signs of progressive overload, even if the weight necessarily is not going up. We're still forcing an adaptation. And we have to understand the only thing that a fucking physique responds to. The only thing. 
The only thing is adaptation. There's a nervous system response based upon what you are forcing upon it. That's how I talked about it in my post today. Not all recovery is equal. Recovery from a session that wasn't taken very far. You're not going to build more muscle. You're not going to build bigger muscle. You're just going to replace the tissue that had slight micro tears with amino acids that are stored as protein, which is muscle tissue. But you didn't necessarily shape the muscle. You didn't change the muscle. You didn't force more, uh, more muscle cells to come into that muscle. You didn't force more to be made. You were just kind of working out. But recovery from a session of which you completely fucking tax the target. Say you're going for a push day. Push day, you're going to do pecs. Going to do delts. You're going to do triceps. If you go in and you completely tax these regions of muscles. You cause tons and tons and tons of little micro tears. But the bigger item is. You force a stimulus upon your nervous system that says, fuck, I can't do this. I couldn't handle this. I have to respond to this right now and fix this. So the next time I have to be able to do this, because remember, training to failure is breaking homeostasis. Whenever we break homeostasis, your body does everything it possibly can in its power to maintain and regain homeostasis and then it does everything in its power to ensure that it doesn't get broke again that's the basis of training failure that's fucking physiology working in real motherfucking time that's how you become a good bodybuilder not training like a fucking pussy you this is all your choice what you want out of this is all of your choice you can have program take the last set to failure, but you have no fucking idea what failure means. Failure means your muscles not able to contract against the fucking load anymore. If you don't constantly practice this, you're not mentally capable. You're not physically prepared and you're not spiritually aligned with your goddamn self enough to even know what it means to go there. It's a constant artwork that we have. When you place this in this huge stimulus on the nervous system, and then you're you're applying localized micro tears within the muscle, guess what motherfucking happens? The muscles don't just stay torn. Systemic inflammation doesn't just continue to skyrocket unless your recovery sucks. Your recovery sucks. Train two days on, one day off. That's what I do. Hit your fucking food. Hit your steps. Sleep. Keep your stress low. That's the biggest argument of the people who talk about reps and reserves. <laughs> well, recovery. Well, I don't want to be a small little fucking bitch getting blown out on stage. Mm -hmm. Because you know what's wild, Scott? Not a single motherfucker who's accomplished anything on stage talks about leaving reps in the motherfucking tank. It's a whole bunch of people who don't even know what accomplishments are if they punch them in the mouth. <laughs> that's why I'm tired of it. Yeah. But that's why it's been so fucking refreshing to see, oh, people are coming to their senses and realizing, mm -hmm. hey, don't listen to the people that clearly have no fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah. And start listening to the motherfuckers that are doing something. You think, 
I just showed you Hunter Labrada. He's six weeks mm-hmm. out from that show. And yeah. Ian Valeri is like six weeks out from doing the same show. Patrick Moore is doing another show later on. I think they're fucking leaving motherfucking reps in the tank six weeks out from a pro show. No, I can not guarantee like that. Hell no. <laughs> you, you, okay, hold on. Wait, let's back up. You say it takes practice. Yeah. How much practice? I, I still achieve every day. You, yeah. Every day I still learn something new. Yeah. And I've been training this way for three and a half years. So how could someone listening be like, okay, I, I I'm getting there yeah. or I hit it. Yeah. And is it just, ba- is it solely based when on, when you hit it, you know, is it, is it solely yeah. based on the muscle just no longer contract? You know, you're there it's, it's the mental and the spiritual approach to it as well. Okay. It's the mental approach of coming out of that set and understanding everything you're feeling, everything you're doing, the place you just took yourself to and understanding like after every set, it's there's, it's slightly emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, it, it, it is absolutely emotional after every single, that's the hardest thing you'll do all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You load up seven motherfucking plates per side on the hack squat and you take that bitch. So you can't stand up anymore. What the fuck's harder than that today? Literally nothing that I run into can be even close to the same challenge. Yeah. That's the hardest thing you do all day. It hurts, dude. It's fucking painful. But also there's a huge mental release from this. You want to talk about alleviating stress and anxiety, go into motherfucking gym and take a set to failure. Then tell me how you feel. You feel refreshed. You feel relieved. You feel reborn. You feel renewed. So to someone who's listening to this, it's like, I don't even know where to start like training like this. You literally just start. You go in your next time at the gym. You give yourself eight sets for the day. On those eight sets after every single set, every single set stops. Remember, can control is always perfect. Intent is always perfect. Some slight variation in form is perfectly okay. As long as you're staying within like five, 10% of what proper form is, not flailing the fuck around looking like an idiot. Because you start flailing around, you, like you start breaking form. Now you're just asking for you know trouble. Mm-hmm. But you notice how people are way too fucking, they're like form Nazis. They're also goddamn small too. Because they've never been able to take a set very far. Because dude, you start cranking out a fucking set and it's like, dude, like form slightly breaks. Yeah, I was going to say, you did like a a video Mm -hmm. on breaking form and it was like, you can do like 10%. Like that's not going to hurt you. Yeah, 10% variance is going to be okay. 15% is way too much. 11% is way too much. Like 10% is where we need to be. Yeah. I, I would say like for me, it's been a lot. It's been fun learning how to try to find there yeah. with dumbbells because I feel, I feel safer yeah. with dumbbells. So we want to learn on stable exercises and exercises that we can bail out yeah. like dumbbells, yeah. like a leg press. Yeah. Um, like those are really, really, really good ones. Ba- barbell on like, um, over rows. press or yeah. rows yeah. or, you know, any of those, like we need to be able to have, we need to be put, uh, executing from a stable place and something we can bail out. So dumbbells are probably the best place to learn. Get fucking locked in mentally. Understand this is going to suck. It's going to hurt. Focus on the only thing you're focused on is I am not stopping this set until the muscle cannot contract against that load anymore. First five, six reps going to hurt a little bit. You're going to start feeling the pain. Assuming you're training heavy enough. And then after that, you're kind of going to realize, man, the more I focus on just when this muscle stops contracting, the less pain I really feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's there, but that's not at the forefront of your mind. So you're just going to keep finding that, that contractile failure place. Yeah. So that's where you start. And then you do, you apply that to all eight sets that you have that day. It's, it's kind of like that. This sounds silly. It's kind of, it's kind of like that study. Have you ever seen where they take the, the a real hand 
and a fake hand? No. No? It's like you put your hands out and you got your, your real hand is behind a curtain. Okay. And they put a fake hand that looks like a real hand. It's like a okay. rubber hand right where your hand would be. Yes. And they start like poking it and like, do you feel that? And they're like, yeah, I feel the fake hand. No shit. And when they, when they, when they touch their other hand, they don't feel it. Whoa. And they can like pin them and stuff and they don't have no idea, but it's because their focus is here, not here. Dude, that's wild. So it's kind of that's the same. Literally the exact same thing. Yeah. Your focus is on just when's when's this muscle going to stop contracting against this load? And that's when I get out of this set. Yeah. That's when I ditch it. So that's that that's where you start. That's where you start getting into this. And you're going to realize every single day. No, you know, the first times you practice it, it's not going to be emotional. It's not going to be um, like like emotional when you finish. It's not like you're not going to get to your you know mental place you need to get to. It's all an art. You have to constantly practice over and over again. But if you do it the right way, you're going to leave the gym. Be like, fuck, that was a good workout. Remember, when you leave the gym, it's not about feeling completely fucking wrecked. That's why people do 30 set workouts and always look the goddamn same. When you leave the gym, it's about simulating, assimilating and simulating the muscle properly for it to be able to adapt, recover and grow stronger for the next time you're back in the gym. So. We're kind of discussing effort-based training. That's what I do. Everything I do, whether it's top set, whether it's a standard push-pull leg, um, you know, whether it's a slightly higher volume program, whatever I do for my clients, it's all effort-based training. Interest set effort directly dictates how much stimulus you place on your body. This is true everywhere. The focus is on intent and control. And the focus is on not stopping the set until your contractile fibers stop contracting. Rest in reserve negates this because you're focusing on, oh, don't take the set too far. You're like daintily tiptoeing around the pool rather than diving into it. Mm. Well, you're never going to get wet tiptoeing around the pool. Yeah. You're never going to win a motherfucking show, a real show against real competitors mm-hmm. without diving the fuck in, like yeah. allowing this to overwhelm you yeah and you might be listening to this like these might be things that trigger you that's okay i'm not i'm not here to appease and please people but reps and reserve training you're too goddamn focused on when it starts burning a little bit or stopping x amount of reps short of failure not taking the set too far that you're not even probably simulating the muscle that's why none of you guys grow very very fucking impressively there's been times where i'm taking i'm training and obviously my goal is much different than yours yeah but at the end of it, I thought I try to think about it and go, could I have done like maybe one more, maybe half? Yep. And if, and sometimes the answer is yes. It, it's funny. It's funny what you, if you really truly ask yourself and try to think about it. Yeah. Because what you're talking about that, that contraction, the point of contraction where it starts to hurt. Yeah. But it's not like, uh, you know, deathly painful, if yeah. you will. That's when a lot of people stop. Right? I think, I think that's a powerful statement because constantly grading and assessing yourself after every single set, like dude, in real time, you can provide that feedback. That's also yeah. kind of, I, I guess that does, you know, tie in back to what we were talking about. Like you walk into the gym thing, you got 16 sets to do. And like, you're walking into the gym preparing to fucking lose this day already. Yeah. Because you, it's like non-negotiable. You got to do 16 sets. Mm-hmm. You no, know, the only thing non-negotiable is taking that goddamn set all the way and forcing an adaptation to occur. I think a lot of people are afraid, including myself, you know, as I've learned, uh, training with you and, mm-hmm. and with the whole team Haley squad has been like it's you think that that volume training is going to do something <laughs> yeah and you think you that, do you, you're yeah. weathered to and you think that you know wow really 
if, if one set of leg press yeah. or, or like one like full full set yeah. of leg press is really all I need. Yeah, and that's that, all you need. And it doesn't you your mind almost tells you that doesn't sound right. I know. It's really, wild, it's really interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. But when you take that set all the way, yeah. When you take that set to a place where another rep would have killed you, mm-hmm. do that and then tell me what you think. Do that and then DM me on Instagram and be like, oh fuck, yeah, I don't need four sets of leg press or I don't need, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It was it was that one leg day we did together. Yeah. It was leg press and hamstring curls, sitting ha- seated hamstring curls. Yeah. And that was all we did. That's all we did. Yeah. Today you just did hack squat and line hamstring curls. You did, yeah. That's all true. I did. Yep. The only way to grow, stimulating properly, loading heavy enough, and adding an adaptive effort by training to exhaustion. Do not forget these principles. Very proud of the progress that I've seen on social media recently. There's a lot more real bodybuilding happening, a lot better physiques happening. Like I said, I hope it's not just on my feet. I hope it's on everyone's feet. Because that's what we need to see more of. We need to see more of the real shit. We need to see more of the shit that actually gets fucking results. You want to know how my clients are able to keep cardio so low and food so high during their preps? It's because we train so goddamn hard. So maybe if you started training harder, you wouldn't have to go down no carb days. You wouldn't have to do two hours of motherfucking cardio. <laughs> You're going into a set to train. I'm going into a motherfucking set to conquer. When we stand on stage next to each other, guess which one's going to win? It ain't even going to be close. It's not even going to be comparison. So I want you to get into that mentality. If this is something you think you're tough enough for, and you're also advanced enough for, shit isn't for everyone. This shit isn't isn't for the faint of heart. This shit isn't for people who want to cry like little babies on the sideline because their team's getting whooped. These are for the people who want to jump in the motherfucking game and make a change. These are for people who want to win, who want to force change in their body. You're going into a set to train. You're going into a set to conquer. How much does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice 90 fucking minutes of excruciating pain every single training day, two days on, one day off for you to be an elite competitor? You just want to stay where you're at. Choice is yours. I don't care either way. I know what my clients are doing. Episode 48. We'll see you next time.